So if you've got a Bible with you, would you like to turn to Romans chapter 12, just for a moment or two? That'd be great. Thank you. Okay, so I want to just uh, take a few moments this morning, and then we're going to close uh, in worship and maybe a, a sense of response together. And uh, bearing in mind that we're, as a church, many people looking at the, the theme of the story, looking at Luke and Acts. I think we had 250 copies we uh, applied for from Biblica. I think there's about one copy at the back now, so they've, they've, they've gone, they're near enough gone. I may have two copies, if they're like gold dust now, people asking, have you got any more copies left? But you can download uh, off of uh, the Biblica website, we have a, a download code, you can download it for free on audio, there's probably about another 200 downloads available, so if you'd like to listen to the story on your phone or tablet or your computer, you can. And so the, the download code on the website is on the, the board at the back, so please have a look at that. I think it was on our Facebook page as well. Um, so, yeah, so I want to just speak into uh, some things, bearing in mind that we're looking at Luke together, so I'm just all going to refer to something in Luke, but not exclusively, and sort of tie it together with the theme that, that we're sort of looking at together as we're looking at the story. So, but in Romans 12, uh, I just want to speak about, you know, uh, not running on empty, and how we can live our lives with a sense of full and knowing God, and in a relationship with Jesus. So uh, it's something I've spoken on quite a lot. It's something that I speak to myself on all the time. And uh, so what I'm about to share is not something that is a lecture. It's just a share. It's literally sharing the experience in my own life as well. Okay, so we're going to go at this together for a few moments and then respond together. So Romans 12, uh, verse 11. It's a great, um, something great that Paul spoke about. He said in Romans 12, and we find it in verse 11, in the NIV, never, Paul says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Andrew prayed about, the, you know, that we'd be on fire, God. And nothing's impossible. We want to be on fire, God. And uh, that's so true. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Romans 12, verse 11. That's the New International Version. I've quoted it from the message many a time, but I'm going to quote it again because I love it, love it, love it. The message reads like this. Interestingly, it's a paraphrase. It says, uh, it says this, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Don't burn out as a Christian, keep yourself fueled and aflame. I'm going to link that into what we've been looking at and what we're sort of looking at, uh, relating it into Luke in a moment or two. So I want to just mention three things this morning. Uh, first of all, don't burn out. Secondly, we're going to look at what it means to be fueled. And then finally, um, we are going to look at this idea of being aflame. What does that mean and how can we know that? So first of all, don't burn out, it says there. And uh, keep track of time. That's cool. So don't burn out. Um, I've shared the story from time to time. Um, it's not very often that I have... Um, Run out of petrol in the car. It's, it's usually, oh, she's not here, the, the other half, my other half, um, that would uh, be very low on petrol. Always, if I get in Helen's car, it's, you're going to need to put some petrol in it. And the gauge is, I don't know how she's been running, it's been miraculous. Because that little Fiat 500, it's, a good, it's good at this. It, it doesn't take much petrol to run because she didn't put much in it. <laughs> and, um, but I, I, there's been a couple of occasions where I have. On one occasion, um, 
I, um, some, a few years ago, I didn't ring for the AA, I rung Dave Sanders. And Dave Sanders was with me in five minutes, one morning. Do you remember Dave? Some years ago, he turned up in, a, in, a, in an orange van. Remember, remember Dave's orange van? Yeah, yeah, we're fond of that orange van, Dave. I know you were too. Dave turned up in an orange van in a high-vis outfit, all the gear, and he rescued us, and, and Sally took the children to school, and oh, that day. But I came close another day. There's one other day in nine years of, of living in Long Eat, the last nine years, and there's only one other occasion that it nearly happened to me again. And I was on a long country roads in Derbyshire, on my way back to Long Eaton, and I hadn't had much petrol in them. I thought, I, you know, you look at the gauge, the, the electronic gauge, and it said I had 30 miles left. And I thought, well, you know, I'm about 25 miles away. I'll do it. I'll do it. But little did I realise and plan for a few technical hitches on the way, a uh, lot of traffic, Traffic and eventually it got to the stage where the electronic gauge was moving down to, and I had a bit of way to go before I hit Long Eaton, five miles left in the tank. And for some reason, it just seemed to go from five to one mile, and only done about 300 yards up the road. You you know, it's just, it goes, and um, I just made it to the garage. I I was stressed out, anxious, going to be stranded in the middle of nowhere. And I just made it to this garage. And I I must have just cruised in on zero. Uh, I think it was just literally a vapor. But uh, life is like that. You know, we can have, um, we can, we can go along in life. And, 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 you know, if, if it had been just a straightforward run with no traffic, I would have done it with five miles extra in the tank and thought, whoopee doo, that's good. A real man, I've done it. I've got an extra five miles and I've pushed my car to the limit. But I'd nearly blown it. I nearly got to the point where I was going to be stranded. And, um, you know, in life, you know, in life, there's the unprepared moments. There's traffic along the way of life. Sometimes there's roadblocks in life. And if we run emotionally with 25, 30 miles left in the tank, or spiritually, and I know what I'm like as a pastor sometimes, over the years, I've run... And I've been, and I've, I've, it's took me to not quite break down, but get close on a number of occasions to realise. Because sometimes in life, you know, and in, in our marriage relationship, in our, in our relationships, if we run on just a low emotional energy, if we, and, and because we don't just cruise along in life, there'll be roadblocks sometimes in life. What are you going to do when you've got not much left? You come to a standstill. You run out of gas, as they say in America. So, um, it's an interesting... So, what Paul, Paul is speaking about this in life, spiritual life, emotional life, relational life, a walk with Jesus Christ. And he talks about, when he says, don't lack in zeal, but, you know, um, keep your spiritual fervor. And I love the way the message says, don't burn out, but keep yourself fueled and aflame. Looking at the translation there. So, what is it burning out? So, it's, it's so easy to burn out. Um, I found an, uh, uh, there are three things. They're not, it's not a definitive list, but let me just quickly just say. So there are a number of things that can cause us to, to run empty, as it were. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you know, uh, sometimes also physically. Uh, this is not a definitive lift, li- lift, list, but let me just say, hurt. One of the things I find in life, and in my own life, is when I am hurt, when I'm upset, it uses up a lot of emotional, spiritual energy. Anxiety in the heart of a person, man or woman, weighs us down, says in the proverb. Anxiety in our heart weighs us down. It depletes us. It sucks the life out of us. 
You've heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. And, you know, life is good. God is good. But there are moments in life when things come our way and we bump, we bump into other people. Sparks fly. Your boss at work or someone, a colleague or a person at church, you know, a friend, a neighbor, you know, your family. Life is such that's like that. And so there's an opportunity for things to, to hurt us. There's an opportunity for circumstance to go away that makes us anxious or upset or angry. And it's not wrong to be angry and it's not wrong to be anxious and it's not wrong to be upset. But it's when we get locked in that hurt that it saps away our emotional energy and our spiritual energy. So I found that's one of the things. So this is why Jesus said, forgive as you've been forgiven. Not me, but Jesus said something very powerful, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, but most of all spiritually. Forgive as you have been forgiven. If you don't forgive, then you will not feel forgiven. It's amazing. Now, you might say to yourself, well, that lets them off the hook. I don't know about you, but in my life at times I've thought, Lord, that's just it's almost something not quite fair. It lets them off the hook. I would say more to the point, it releases me from being hooked myself. My own experience has been that, if I'm honest, there's plenty of opportunity for me to be hooked up in upset and anger and bitterness, and it's a cycle. And so hurt is one of the things. Second thing that I found out of the three that I wanted to mention just momentarily is busyness. So if hurt and uh, upset and circumstance can come our way and suck the life out of us, then busyness can do something very similar. You know, we live in an amazing world. We live in a world of choice, incredible opportunity. And the motto of our age is, I'll have it all. We've got such a great choice now. You know, go for a coffee, go, you know, go, go for a curry, go for a... I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't very often go for a kebab. It's not something I do very often. But I was going to say go for a kebab, but I hardly ever do that. But, uh, you know, go for anything and you, you're just blown away by the choice. And it's almost as if I try it all. And so in life, the world's our oyster. And so we get sucked into, unbeknown to you and me, we get sucked into a busyness that we just accept is just the way life is today. There is a sense of busyness that we get sucked into because there's so much good. There's so much opportunity. There are so many things you could do. You could learn. You could be. You could have opportunity in. And it's amazing. And it's not all bad, but we get sucked because we want it all. Human nature is, I'll have the lot. Give me it all. And so we get sucked into business. And I would say this. In my own life, and you probably would notice it in your life, busyness will suck the life out of your spiritual energy, your emotional energy. It saps our relationships. It affects my body. It's totality of my spirituality is sucked dry. Third and final thing that I want to say, uh, and as I said, there's, a, there's not a definitive list, but I think in threes, it, it's, you know, it's something that I, I just do, is leisure. Now, you know, you would say, well, if hurt and there's business, well, I need leisure. Absolutely. And I would 100% agree that each one of us, if we don't have any time to relax, to enjoy, then, you know, it's going to affect our lives. But, you know, leisure. Um, we live in a consumerist type of society. And there's a danger that consumerism can literally do that, consume you and I. 
I remember years ago, I would have been, uh, this is a long time ago now, uh, this would be, I would be 19 years of age. So this is going back over 30 something plus years. So it's a, bit, it's a bit more than that, actually. But anyway, and uh, I was next to a guy, I worked as an electronics uh, technician, and this guy, I was 19 and he was 40. So he was a really old, ancient, yeah, absolutely, Phil. Yeah, he felt... And, but this guy um, was going out with a lady a bit younger than himself. So he started running to get fit and, and feel healthy. And, and uh, a, a couple of years had gone by, and uh, this guy got absolutely consumed by running. And he started to talk to me about joggers high. I said, what? Nurse, what, what is this? He said, well, there is this thing, Adrian. He said, I just can't put it down now. I've just got to do it. It's, I, I just feel great, but it, it's, it's really got me now. Well, I, wasn't a, I was a Christian at the time. He wasn't. This guy wasn't a Christian. And he said, that there's, when, when you're running, you feel so good. There's actual, the chemistry of your body does change, and the endorphins are released, and et cetera, et cetera. And you just feel so good about it. And I think that's a good thing to feel good. There's nothing wrong in that. He said, but it absolutely gripped him and got him. And his friends around him would say, he doesn't do anything else. He doesn't have any mates. He doesn't have any friends. That's all he's gripped by. This was an amazing thing I, I just observed and saw. And I, I would just say that's about the whole of life. Life is wonderful. There are incredible opportunities. But there is a danger we can be consumed, not only by hurt, not only by busyness, but we can even be consumed, dare I say it, by leisure. It's not wrong to have leisure. It's not wrong. In fact, it's good to relax. In actual fact, I need, I need to probably relax more and do some more things. So, but we just got to be aware. Okay, so there's some things that can deplete us. And, uh, you know, if you run, and, you know, and if you've got all three, then it's a perfect storm. <laughs> you know, if you've got one of those areas, then that's enough in my life. But uh, if, if, I, if I feel that I'm in, in all three of those camps, then it, it's, it, it, it's, you will be running with less than 30 miles in the tank. And if we've got to do the journey of life, then something is going to run out. So what does Paul say? He says, don't lack in your zeal. Don't, don't, don't run out. But a natural fact, be alive, be zealous, be aflame. Be fueled and aflame. So uh, to be fueled, then how are we going to fuel ourselves? So there's some things that can deplete us. Let's move on quickly. How can we fuel ourselves? So um, something amazing about Jesus. Jesus understood the rhythm of refuel. You know, for me, I had to stop at a service station and put some more petrol in the tank. I know you know it. We all know it. But, you know, we've got to be intentional about it. Uh, but Jesus understood there's something, and from my reading in Luke, and as you look at Luke, you see that Luke picked up on something about Jesus' life. Uh, this sort of links to looking at the story a little bit. Jesus understood the rhythm of refuel. If you look at Luke, uh, what we see is this. We read that Luke notes that Jesus often withdrew from the crowds. He was a mega church pastor. People loved and followed and flocked and did incredible things through his ministry and his life. But there were times when Jesus actually withdrew from the crowd. It's interesting. He did not need the adulation of anyone because he was secure in his father. But he practiced something pretty amazing. He would withdraw from the crowds at times. Where would he go? It says often to lonely places. Sometimes to a, you know, a wilderness or, or a garden 
or, or a hill far, far, far away or wherever it might be. But he went and withdrew to, uh, to places, withdrew from people. We'll, we'll see that Luke records it in the early part of the day. It's interesting. So Luke records this. And, and so what you observe, if you look carefully in, in Luke, there, is, there seems to be a rhythm. It's not a once-for-all thing that Jesus does, but he practices something that becomes... There's a lifestyle, there's a rhythm, there's a place, there's a space whereby he takes time to be with his father. It's really interesting. In actual fact, so much so that one day the disciple said to him, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? So amazed were they by not only his, I don't think it was his great prayers, and it probably would have been that they observed an incredible ministry, but they also observed a man who was following a rhythm of refuel whereby he would spend time with his father and, and across his life. And uh, Jesus, it would appear, that, so what he would do, so, so we see this in Luke, he had a quiet place, a space with God, there were times with God, there was times with his father, the disciples observed this again and again, so much that they said, we want to be like you, we want this, we want to know how you pray, we need this space, we need to be full just the way that you are full of your father. And this, this observable rhythm was a place of rest. He would go and rest, so he would probably sleep. But often he would say, give them something to eat. When he raised somebody from the dead, he said, give them something to eat now. It's really interesting. Be, oh, this is incredible. Now give them something to eat. Let them rest. It's amazing, very practical. So he would take time to rest. Rest his body, probably eat, eat properly, and take time out. But also to reflect. He'd be reflecting. The, the rhythm of refuel is a place of rest intentional, and I talk about this quite a bit, and a place to reflect, a place where we think. You see, you can read something, and it can just go out of your head. You can, you can even say a prayer, and then we go on to do the next thing and do my day. But Jesus would take time to rest, but reflect. What does this mean, God? I want to be with you, Father. Oh, Lord, I want to walk. That reflection is, takes a bit of time. And in that reflection, there comes relation. And so when we read and we're reading Luke, we're looking to relate to Jesus, not just read something that's amazing, but he would relate. Hear, Father, speak to the Father, be loved by the Father. I think this morning in God's presence, when Andrew said, I don't think we can do announcements now. We just need to just stop here for a moment. That's so good because it's a place of rest. Reflect. Open heart. Relate. And this is exactly what Jesus would do. And there was this rhythm to his life and his lifestyle. And um, in that place of rest, the reflection, relating, he was refueled, he was filled, he was refreshed, he was restored. And we see that Jesus was able to move in this sense of the Father's beautiful and wonderful presence in his heart and life. Now, it's interesting. If you read page 18 of the story... It's very difficult, isn't it, when you don't have chapters and verses? Here's me being talking about there's no chapters and verses. We're reading it the way that Jesus, that, that would have been intended. And now without chapters and verses, you think, where am I looking now? But on page 18 of the story, round about Luke chapter 8, there's, there's some things that Jesus says that are very pertinent. And they really speak about this rhythm of refuel that I mentioned. This rest, read, reflect, relate, be open to the Holy Spirit. On page 18, we read that Jesus speaks about, in speaking about the good soil, he says this, 
But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. You'll you'll find it's in Luke 8, page 18. If you go back on the story, you'll find it there in black and white for you there. But the seed on good soil stands for what? Listen to this. For those of noble and good heart. In other words, it's an open, humble, hungry heart. And then he goes on to say, they hear the word. They hear what Jesus wants to say through his written word, through prophetic word, through prayer. They hear the word with this open, humble heart. And then it says, they retain it. That's interesting. They retain it. So you can read, 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 read as much as you'd like and cram reading. But it's the moment to reflect and retain. And then he says, by persevering, produce an incredibly amazing good crop. A.W. Tozer said this, the widest thing in the universe, I love the writings of Tozer, and he said something about the human heart. Interesting, Jesus says, of a noble and good heart. The good ground is of noble and good heart. Tozer said this, the widest thing in the universe is not space. It is the potential capacity of the human heart. Being made in the image of God, it is capable of almost unlimited extension in all directions when we're encouraged to learn of the height, the depth, the surpassing knowledge of God's love. This is what Paul is speaking about. This no limitations. And one of the world's greatest tragedies is that we allow our hearts to shrink until there is no room, until there is room in them for little beside ourselves. The widest thing in the universe is not space. It is the potential capacity of the human heart. Being made in the image of God, it is capable of almost unlimited extension in all directions. And one of the world's greatest tragedies is that we allow our hearts to shrink until there is room in them for little beside ourselves. When we refuel, when we practice the rhythm of rest, reflect, hear, read, open heart, relate, then our hearts are expanded. It's a bit like having a balloon and blowing it up, except we never go pop because there's no limitation to the love of God in our hearts and our lives. Isn't that great? We don't have to go pop, as it were, but our hearts can extend in an experience of the love of God and Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, hold on to that for a minute because that's what happens when we practice a rhythm that Jesus modeled of refueling in his presence, our hearts grow in the power of his spirit. A humble, hungry heart is never disappointed. So finally then, so there's this aspect of how we can um, dry up, but we don't want to dry up. We want to um, fuel ourselves as we spend time in his presence. And then he, he says this in the, in the message, um, be filled and aflame. In the amplified version, it says this of that verse that we've just read, never lag in zeal and earnest endeavor. And then it says this, the translation of the Greek text, that's what the amplified is, opens up the whole text, be aglow and burning with the spirit. Really interesting. Same, same verse, another translation but the expanded Greek text of it. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit. 
A man called Jim Elliott, a martyr missionary, wrote this in his journal uh, a, year, a year or so before he went uh, to give his life in mission. In writing in his journal, he was speaking about following God, living for God, loving God, and being on fire for God. And Andrew prayed that we might be on fire for God, our hearts open to God. He said this, it's written in his journal, make me, that's him, thy fuel, O flame of God. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. Agreeing with what Paul was saying about being zealous on fire. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. It's interesting that Paul encourages the believers in Corinth in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Be continually filled with the Spirit. Bearing in mind the capacity of our heart to expand, to expand. This influence of the Spirit of God in our hearts, lives, and our spirits. Paul says, be continually. We can't outgrow God. The capacity to know God just keeps growing and growing. I entered Bible college 30 years ago. It's pretty unbelievable. I have to pinch myself. 30 years ago, I went to Bible college. I entered Christian ministry 27 years ago, nearly. My capacity now, I want to know God more now than I did at Bible college 30 years ago. I feel the love of God more now than I did 30 years ago when I was on fire and went to Bible college. Our capacity to know God just keeps growing and going. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. My prayer and our prayer is, should be, burn it in my life. Influence me completely. Lead me totally, Holy Spirit. Burn in my heart and life. Influence me completely. May my heart grow more and more. Lead me totally, Holy Spirit. In the old-fashioned oil lamp, with this we close, the old-fashioned oil lamps uh, would have a wick that goes into a reservoir of oil. And the idea is that the wick soaks up the oil and the oil, you, you know, and, and, and so. And so the idea is that with, when, the, when the wick is in the oil, you light the wick, it will burn brightly and long. Because the wick is soaking up the oil from the reservoir and it gives a bright light, but it will burn a long time. There's a certain amount of time, a burn length of time. If the oil runs out and the wick is dry, the wick will burn, but it burns out quite quickly. With the heart of Jesus, there is a reservoir of love that is infinite. There's a reservoir of the love of God. You know, the wick of my life doesn't need to be just dipped in God. God wants us to be, us to be immersed completely and utterly in our is. In him and he in us. And the danger is we will burn out if we burn the wick. And so, so some of my friends in Christian ministry, there's a danger that we burn out if it's just the wick of my life rather than the oil of God's presence, the spirit of God in my heart and my life. As I say, the Father's reservoir of love is, an in, is infinite. It's a deep ocean. It's not a little wick. It's not a little reservoir. It's not a little bucket. But it's, it's the deepest of the oceans of the whole sea. But bigger than the oceans of the sea, it's the universe. That's why there is no, neither height nor depth. The love of God surpasses all understanding. And it's that that he wants us to be immersed in his love. Don't just dip our toes in. Because if we dip our toes in, 
then we find that we get burnt and we burn up rather than burn brightly for him. And so let's pray as we close this morning then. We want to be immersed in the Father so that we may know his immeasurable love. Shall we pray together? We're going to sing together this morning as we close. And Jesus modeled this heart of coming before his Father and resting in him and reflecting on him and refueling in him. And The Holy Spirit wants to be fully in our lives. And Paul said, be continually influenced by him. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel that you're dried up, burnt out. Maybe you're, it's hurt, upset that has dried up your life. And I don't say that to cast anything against or on you, but you feel like that this morning. And come to him. Come to Jesus. Come to him this morning and he will set your heart completely free. Maybe it's busyness of life. You know, I, I feel now for so much for people, the busy pace of life. Then come to Jesus. Come to him. So that there might be a divine intervention in your work, in your life, in our family, so that the pace of life can change. There can be a gear shift, a gear change for your life. Uh, You know, in our lives, this is what we pray for, Helen and I, in our own heart and lives and family, that there comes a gear change, that we're in step with you, Holy Spirit. It's hard, but we are seeking him. Perhaps there's other stuff that's crowding out my life, and you know that. And you feel that, then don't beat yourself up. Just come to him. Come to Jesus that he might fill you. Maybe for us this morning, it's a sense that we just need to refuel. Need you, Holy Spirit. I need you to fully influence me. Flow and flood me again. Then come to him. Come to him this morning and ask him. Should we stand together? Heavenly Father, we open our hearts and minds and lives to you. I thank you that you are so good. I thank you that you don't want to leave us and let us go. I thank you, Jesus, that you don't rush on by. I thank you, Lord, you know us by name. You know the hairs on our head. You know what's going on in the heart and life. You know the heartbreak. You know the fear. You know the turmoil. You know where we feel dried up. We feel you've let you down. Others have let us down. We bring our hurts and our hearts to you. We bring the busyness of life to you and before you. I pray for people this morning that are feeling that it's all going far too fast and they feel powerless to deal with something with a manager or a boss or work or whatever it might be, family or home. Some of us feel that we're not good at this or good at that. We're not good parents. We just bring our lives to you, Jesus, because you are so good. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would just fill us afresh with a sense of your presence and love and influence. Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts with humility. We're hungry to know you anew. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you just come right now, I pray, and begin to fill and flood. I pray for wave upon wave of a release in our hearts and minds here right now. We pray for people that maybe are not even here this morning, and we pray for them. We pray for loved ones, families. We pray for the prodigals, the prodigal son and the prodigal daughter, maybe flown away, flowing away. We say, Lord, would you now bring people back to your heart and love? We pray for a release of love, overwhelming love, a new fresh wave of incredible love now to just flood our hearts and flood this place. We love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you, Lord. Now begin to flood hearts and minds. As Andrew reminded us this morning, you can do more than we can even imagine. With us, it's impossible, but with you, it's possible. Bring back the prodigals. Change hearts. Change my boss. Well, maybe not change my boss literally, but you know, change their heart, Lord. Do something in our hearts, we pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you.
So we're going to sing together. And as we worship together, if you feel, if you feel you want the Holy Spirit to flood and fill you afresh, then maybe come forward. Even if we can't pray over every person, that coming forward is a signifying that you want the Holy Spirit to flood you afresh. If you feel that there's something that's dried up in an area of your life, it might be family, it might be home, it might be relationship, it might be husbands, wives, it might be something at work, no one's going to ask you, have you got this or have you got that? God knows, but God cares. Maybe we're Christians this morning and we feel that we've dried up a little because of the pace of life. Then just come. If there's something that holds on to you, if there's a pain, there's a hurt, then come to Jesus and he will heal you we believe that God is good so if any of those things and you feel that you're just like a fresh flow of God in your heart right now whatever that might be come as soon as you can we're going to sing together and as people are coming forward we just pray Holy Spirit begin to touch people's hearts and lives as soon as you can just come to the front and we're going to continue to worship God bless you